Hi, and welcome to the West Visalia Audio Podcast. Each message is designed to help you grow and inspire you to take action. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, and don't be shy to drop us a message if you have a question. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Well, it is good to see everyone that is here this morning. It's good to see new faces and familiar faces. Hope everybody was welcomed and greeted friendly in a friendly manner. Um, we're not a perfect people. We sometimes mess up in what we do, but we serve an amazing Lord who loves us even when we do mess up and forgives us when we come to Him. If there's any way we can help you know Jesus, please let us know. Before we get into the lesson, I want to remind everybody, too, about our small groups tonight. We got one at the church building, one at the Pittman home, and one at the Weatherford home tonight. And Bible camp registration is still open. I need you to register soon, though because i got to get the t-shirt order out at the beginning of June, and I want to make sure you can have a super cool Bible Camp t-shirt. So register for camp as soon as you can. If you have any questions about that, you can talk to me. I have these candles, though, down here up front for a reason this morning, and I came across a lesson, and the lesson stuck with me, and the lesson um, probably wasn't originated from that speaker that I heard it from. I think it goes back to some some ancient Proverbs probably even ties into some different scriptural elements, but it involves these two candles right here. But I'm going to need some help with this. I'm going to need a youth perspective. Gwen, can you help me with this one? Coulter, you can help too if you want. Here, Gwen, come here for a second. I need, I need a youth perspective on this one. Little kid youth. Come here, Coulter, you can help too. I got two candles. I'm just going to ask you guys some questions about these candles. You guys are smart. You can figure this out. We got... Two candles. You see the two candles, right? I'm not going to light you on fire. Don't worry. I'll put the lighter down. Okay. We got two candles. We got this one right here and this one right here. Let's pretend it's a grown-up candle and a baby candle. I want you to point to the grown-up candle for me. Okay, so you're both pointing at this big one, right? Not this little baby one right here? That's not the baby one? Okay, good job. Good job. Excellent job. You can give them a round of applause later. All right. So their perspective, I use kids for this one for a reason. Because I think their perspective on these two candles right here ties into the way we would view candles, or at least these candles right here, and ourselves. Now, some of you might already go, hey, I think I know where Cliff is going with this. But I think all of us see ourselves as this candle right here. We're tall. Some of us taller than others. But we're tall. We're proud. We're confident. We got a ton of life left in us here. We can burn for a long time. If the power goes out in this building, don't worry. I will provide light for it. I will take care of everybody. We view ourselves as this tall candle right here. Now, this candle over here that both Coulter and Gwen identified as the baby candle, this candle looks worn, has these lumps of wax on it, kind of a little bit deformed, not as tall as the other candle. But the reality is, when we look at these two candles, this little one right here is actually the older of the two, right? This candle right here, the big one, I lit yesterday for 30 seconds. That was it. This one clearly has been burning for a very, very long time. But I think we look at our life as if we are that big candle instead of the small one. But the reality is we are that small candle. Right now, our flame is burning, and that flame is burning on that candle right now, but is that candle going to burn forever? 
No, clearly it's not going to burn forever. What happens when a candle burns for a long time? After a while, it will go out. Now that tall one's not even on fire yet. That one can exist forever. That one's been in a church shelf in the kitchen since probably me and Zinni's wedding, okay? It's existed because it wasn't on fire. That little one, though, oh, it doesn't have that much life left in it. There's going to be a time very soon when that candle will go out. If I planned it perfectly, it would go out at the end of the lesson, but I have no clue how long these candles actually burn. But our life is like that, isn't it? Right now, all of us here right now are alive. Right now, all of us, our flame is burning, but it will not burn forever. There will be a time very soon when our flame will use up the last bit of its fuel It'll burn its last little chemical reaction that takes place right there, and it'll be gone, right? It will end, and that's our life right there. Our life will end, and we will die. Now, that's the reality of life. The reality of life is we're that small candle, and we're burning down toward the end very, very quickly. And yet, we don't think about that, do we? Yet the Bible does, doesn't it? James chapter 4, in verse 14, says, For what is your life? For you are just a, I like how this translation did it, a puff of smoke or a vapor or a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We'll quote that scripture, won't we? I'll put that scripture on the PowerPoint. We'll memorize that scripture. But I don't think we actually believe it. I don't think we actually believe deep down that our life is just that puff of smoke. You know, I could go out there and blow out that candle right now. It'd be gone. You'd see the smoke for a little bit, and then it would go away. We preach that, but do we actually believe it? I don't think we do. I was looking at my own life when I said this, and I started writing down some ideas about this of why don't we actually believe this verse, and I came up with three points that stuck with me, three reasons why I don't think we actually believe this verse to be true. Number one, I don't think we actually believe that we're going to die someday. Now, some of you are like, well, I believe I'm dying soon. But okay, but for the most part, I don't think we actually believe we're going to die. Or at least we ignore that. We don't talk about it. We don't think about it. We don't plan for it. We live like we're going to live forever. And because we don't memorize and remember this verse. Number two, I think we forget, or at least we don't truly believe that God put us here for a purpose. And that purpose is to live for him. Because we'll say that, you know, the first and second greatest commandment of the law are what? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Second is like unto you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If we truly believe that is our purpose, we will live completely different lives, right? If we truly believe that was our purpose, we live completely different lives. Yesterday, looking at my life, oh yes, there was time spent in prayer, time spent in Bible study, time spent in sermon preparation, but I'm the preacher, I'm supposed to do that, right? Um, but there was a lot of my time yesterday that wasn't spent loving God and loving my neighbor. There was a lot of selfish time. There was a lot of TV watching time, Instagram scrolling time, cliff time. Did I really truly believe that I could die someday? Did I really truly believe that I was put here on a purpose or was I living my life just for me? And number three, I think deep down a lot of us with this verse as the backdrop don't actually believe that one day we'll get to be in paradise with God. If we truly believed that when we die, we get to go on to be with God, wouldn't we live different lives? Now, that's kind of dark. I know that's kind of morbid, and you're looking at that candle thinking, my candle's burning out too, right? 
But I've been thinking a lot about this lately. Maybe it's because Owen's about to graduate high school, so I'm getting old, right? My oldest is graduating high school. Is I think he's next week he's done. We're having a party here at the church at the end of the month, which you're all invited to. But, you know, all that's going on. But I've been thinking a lot about future, about his future, my future, the future of the church, the future of all of my kids, the future of a Bible camp, the future of our Bible class program. I've been thinking a lot about the future of all sorts of things. And I, as I was thinking about Owen graduating high school, I'm not going to pick on Owen or anything like that, but everybody asks him questions right now. You all remember when you were graduating high school, did everybody ask you questions like, well, what are you going to do after school? And he has to come up with like a good answer, right? Because you want to look good, right? So, so what are you going to do after school? Um, what's your plans for future education? What are your long-term career goals? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What are you going to do to have financial stability in the future? Where are you going to live? When are you going to move out? You know, all that kind of stuff, right? Those are the kind of questions that, that you get asked at the, at those different transitional points of your life. Then after he graduates, maybe has a job, it's like, well, when are you going to get married? Then it's when are you going to have kids? You know, right? That's what happens. But we ask those kinds of questions all the time. And those questions are inherently bad. I'm glad people are asking my kids, hey, what are you going to do with your life? Because those are good questions, right? I want my kids, I've always told them, my goal for you is to be faithful, functioning adults. That's, that's it. Anything else I don't care about. Just be faithful to Jesus and somehow function in society. That's what I want. But beyond that, I think a lot of times those questions that we ask young people when they're transitioning in the different elements of their life show the wrong priority. They're not bad, but they're focused only on the earthly and not, not the spiritual. Career is good, school's good, financial goals are good, but what about spiritual ones? And yes, as a dad, I'm in a panic too. I'm like, okay, Owen's going to be older now. He's going to be out of high school. What if I didn't train him right? Hopefully we planned well. Hopefully we instilled in him that the American dream is not the goal, but Jesus is, is the goal. Hopefully we have all of that. Hopefully he understands that Christianity is more than just having a good life. It's about commitment to Jesus Christ. Because even Owen, even though Owen is 17 years old, his candle is burnt down farther than this one right here. Now, it might be to here compared to mine down there, but the reality is his candle's burning down too. Gwen's candle. Gwen is, how old are you, Gwen? Eight years old. I was going to say seven. Gwen is eight years old. Her candle's burnt down a little bit. Fiona, the baby of the family, is not a baby anymore. Her candle is burning down. I'm 40. Some of you are 80. Your candles are barely burning, right? I mean, that's how it is. We should be in a panic about that. And as I think about myself, as I think about the fact I'm that small candle, half of me is already used up, there's only so much more left, I understand that I've wasted a lot of that time when I should have been burning for God. Because my plans are not always God-focused. Even as I think about my candle burning down, you know, I got plans for that last quarter of my candle there. But as I think about my plans for my future, a lot of times my plans are selfish. You know, I've been planning for my retirement since I'm 25, right? I mean, and you're like, we're well, a preacher. I thought you're not supposed to retire. I, I have plans. And my plans, though, have been selfish. Just one day, I'm going to sell my house. And me and Zinni are going to buy a motorhome. And we're going to travel all over the country. Like, oh, that's great, Cliff. You can see God's creation and minister to so many sorts of people. Deep down inside, a lot of it is, no, I can run away and not minister to anyone. That's selfish. That's wrong. And, and I'm going to stand on judgment day for that one day. God's going to go, hey, Cliff, you remember when your candle was burning for those last 25 years of your life? What would you do with him? Well, I was a caretaker of a small RV park in Bishop, California, where I didn't have to talk to anybody. 
You know what I mean? That's how my mind works, though. I'm thinking stuff like that. And what about us? Uh, we, we do the same thing. It, how we end our life is just as important as how we begin it. Are we going to end it on vacation on a beach somewhere? Or are we going to end it in a recliner watching Fox News all day long? Or are we going to end it, you know, with our arms held high, praising Jesus and serving him and trying to teach others the gospel with our last dying breath? Why? Because our candle is burning out really, really quickly. So what are we supposed to do? If our candle is burning out quickly, what should we do? And by the way, we can get a blood clot and die right now and that candle will be snuffed out. Or Jesus can come back and he can blow out all the candles. Okay? So any moment could be that last moment of our candle burning. What are we supposed to do? Thankfully, a lot of Jesus' parables are about that. In Matthew 25 alone, you have three parables that talk about being prepared for the end. You have the parable of the ten virgins. And all of those are about being ready, having your lamps or your candles prepared, right, for when the bridegroom comes. The whole idea is Jesus is coming, be ready. Parable of the talents. It's about use what God has given you right now. You got that candle. Wave it in the air and provide some light while you still can. And then even in that same chapter, the sheep and the goats, it's about be ready for judgment. But as our candle is quickly burning out and we're toward our last little bit of flame. What's the only thing left that we can do? What's the only thing this candle can do to live on? That's it, right? The only thing that candle can do as it's getting toward the end of it, its existence is to light the flame in someone else. That's the only thing we can do, we can use our life, use our candle to let someone else shine before it's too late, before our candle goes out and there's no hope, you know, for the people around it. You know, when I was a kid, I remember we toured, there was one summer where we went to a whole bunch of different caverns. My dad would come up with really cool trips like that. We went to like Moaning Cavern, Mercer Cavern, California Cave, Boyden Cavern. And one of the ones that we went to, I don't remember which one it was, we were in a tour of it. And the tour I talked about that the man who discovered this cave, this cavern, as he was exploring it, had just a single candle to light the way. And that his candle went out in the cave. And he didn't have a way to light it. I remember thinking, what a fool? What are you doing? And how the guy had to find his way out of that cave in the darkness. I remember that, that, that stuck with me as a kid. I was like, man. What would happen if that was us? Because it's dark in here. It's scary in here. If we were in that situation, let's say I was exploring a cave with my family. It sounds like something we would do, right? Team Sabre, let's go find this, go in this cave, okay? So, and I got a candle, and each one of my kids have candles, but their candles aren't lit, and I have no matches. You know what I'm going to do? Your candle's lit, your candle's lit, your candle's lit. We're going to rip your shirt and make a torch out of it. We're going to do all sorts of stuff. We're going to make sure that we have light as we're going. So that if my candle burns out, if dad falls into a crevasse and you never see me again, you're going to have light to get out of that cave. So my lesson this morning is this. Our life is short. It's burning out quickly. So spend your short life helping others to shine so that they will not be left alone in the darkness. It's like my kid's and my friends and my church are walking through a cave and it's dark and it's scary and I got to make sure that their candles are lit and that they're ready. This idea is, is used throughout scripture. 
If you think about what Paul wrote the young preacher Timothy, and we're going to get to some points here in a moment, but in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, Paul left Timothy, a young preacher in the city of Ephesus, to help lead that church to godliness, to encourage them, to preach them, to refute false teaching, to help them with worship, to appoint elders, all sorts of different things. And here's what he told Timothy. He says, you've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. What was Timothy's job to do? His job was to not just go in there and be the brightest light in the room all the time. His job was to light the candles of all the other people there so that the wicked could continue, so that the light could spread. As long as he was there, he needed to make sure that the candles were being lit. We too, in the same way, need to make sure that during our life, our entire life, because our candles are quickly burning out. Look, that one's gone down even farther since we've been here, right? Our time is short. We need to spend that short time helping others shine so that they will not be left alone in the darkness. All right, three points you can write down and then the lesson is going to be yours. Three ways we can do that. Three truths we need to come to a realization of if we want to let our light shine and let other people's candles be lit. Number one, you can rest later. Right now, we need to work like there is no tomorrow. When you have an impending event on the horizon, okay, um, I, I did a wedding for someone um, on Friday. I've been part of wedding planning before. The world revolves around that wedding. I stood out in the backyard with the groom-to-be, and he was letting the bride and the sisters and all that kind of stuff figure it out. But what? Everything that week, everything that month was leading up to that one event. When we have small groups at our house on Sunday evening, you know what Sunday afternoon is spent doing? Cleaning, prepping, buying food, doing all that because got to get it done, got to get it done. People are going to show up, and sometimes we're in a, a panic. The doorbell rings. Put the vacuum away. Hurry, right? Because it's quick. It's right then. We work like there's no tomorrow because there's an impending event on the horizon. We can rest later. Our life isn't meant to be restful right now. In fact, Heaven is called the place of rest. Jesus said, come on to me who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's not about right now. Life's going to be easy. There is no promise of ease. In fact, I think this ease that we all enjoy, especially here in America, is a tool of the devil to get us distracted because we have it too easy. I can get up. There's water. There's electricity. There's entertainment. There's an air-conditioned office I can go to, a comfortable chair I can sit in. I, you know, I have a car to drive. We can rest later. Right now, we need to work like there is no tomorrow. And look what the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 3 and verse 13, talking about the need to encourage and build up and warn our brethren. He says, you must warn each other every day while it is still called today. Why? Because there's no promise of tomorrow. While it is still called today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. That means right now we need to do that. That means right now there might be someone we need to talk to. If you've got to leave right now and go talk to that person, you can do that, okay? There might be someone right now we need to talk to. Right now there might be a relationship that we need to mend. Right now there might need to be an apology that we make. Right now there might be a person that we need to beg to to repent. Right now there might need to be a, there's a loved one that we need to tell about Jesus and say, how come you haven't committed to him? How come you haven't been baptized in Jesus? Let me help you. Right? Right now, today. Because we don't know if there is going to be tomorrow. You're like, yeah, but we're in church right now. I'm going to probably get to it later. Jesus even dealt with that. Matthew chapter 5. In the Sermon on the Mount, it says, So if you're offering your gift at the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come 
and offer your gifts. See, believers have been using kind of church as an excuse to not do things for a long time. And he goes, look, oh, yeah, well, I'm offering a sacrifice right now. I don't got time to fix that problem. No, right now we need to do it while it is still called today. We don't have time to rest. We can rest later. Yes, you're tired. Yes, you're weary. I know it. I know you want to break. Sometimes I just want to check out. I'll come home sometime from teaching a Bible class, and I'll tell Zinni, I'm done. I, I'm done. I don't know if I can keep doing this. I'm trying to help people, and people don't always listen, or all sorts of stuff. Or, um, you know, this morning I got here to the church building, and I ended up meeting with someone, knocked on the door, and was going through some stuff, and like, I mean, and then someone will call, and it's like, I don't know. But I don't got time to rest right now, and neither do any of us, because our candle is burning out. And in fact, if we feel like napping off, look what Paul said. He said, for the light makes everything visible, and he quotes this ancient text. He says, this is why it said, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. We don't got time to rest. I know you're tired. I know some of you are getting old. I am too, okay? Um, the candle might not be as small, as you know, but still, it's melting down quickly. We got to wake up. We got to get to work. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two, realization that we need to come to grips with, and this kind of builds off the first one. It's time to panic. Yeah. You're like, well, no, preachers aren't supposed to tell us to panic. No, panic. Your candle's going out whether you like it or not. We are going to die. We are. It's a promise. Unless Jesus comes back and then all the candles are going out, we will die someday. Some sooner than others, and it's going to always come when we probably least expect it. We need to panic then with that because our candle is going out whether you like it or not. If you're not saved, panic. If your friends and family are lost, panic. If you've never been baptized, panic. If you've never fully committed to following Jesus and living a life for him, panic. If you're not following God's will, panic. Look what Jesus says in his parable of the rich fool. He talks about the situation, this guy who spent his life acquiring possessions. He's just saving for the future. He's successful as we would look at his life. And Jesus says to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Other versions say, tonight your soul will be required of you. It's a nice way of saying, you're going to die, okay? You will die this night. Then who will get everything you worked for? We work for a lot of things that aren't going to last, don't we? That big house, that dream life, that big vacation, all those followers on Instagram, all those things. When you die, who's are they going to be? In fact, it's kind of interesting. On your social media pages, they give you an option to write, to write down what happens to your account when you die. Who do you want to be able to delete it? That's really what it is. You have to appoint somebody to delete your account or you just kind of hover there in, in you know, the World Wide Web forever. But isn't that interesting? All that work, all that time for a perfectly curated picture, for the perfect quote, to add all these followers, to make all those comments, after you die... Some relative of yours is going to go, delete. That's it. You fool, tonight your soul will be required of you. And then finally, number three, light others while you still can. And especially as we get older, I think sometimes we think that, that our Christian life kind of is this kind of curve where, well, we peak and we do a lot for God and then we just kind of coast on into heaven. That's a scary thought, too, because one day I'm going to be standing before Jesus in judgment, and I don't know how all that goes down, but let's say he asked me, hey, 
What did you do with your life? Well, I was a preacher in Visalia for this long. Okay, I know that part. But what did you do the last 25 years? Well, I, uh, I went to the Grand Canyon three times. It was really nice. You know what I mean? Like, that's nothing wrong with going to the Grand Canyon. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to be held accountable for all that. Like, why are we going to waste this time? We got time to rest later. We got time to vacation later. Paradise is way better than this earth, right? So right now, our job is to light others while we can. So that means we need to think about what, where we'll be and, and what we'll have said and what we'll have done when our candle finally burns out. Basically, how do you want to go out? No one remembers the beginning of a fight. They remember the end. You ever watch a boxing match? You don't remember, oh, the first three rounds. No, you remember the knockout. You remember how they finished the fight. Paul, when he's in prison, tells Timothy, he goes, I have finished the course. I have fought the good fight. He's like, I'm going out strong. I'm not going to taper off. I'm not going to relax. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. Even with my last dying breath, I'm going to use it to, to praise Jesus, to pray, to encourage someone else. That's what we should do. We need to think about what are we going to do when our candle finally burns out. Don't waste that flame. If that candle was about to burn out and the tall one hadn't been lit yet, we would be in a panic. Got to use it, got to light it before it goes out. And by the way, this is Jesus' expectation too. He expects us to go out serving him. In Matthew chapter 25, in verse 40. Man, that whole chapter is about getting ready and prepared, isn't it? In verse 40, he gives this illustration of a king and his servants, and he says, The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Here's the deal. We're not that tall candle. We're not that. We don't have all the time in the world to get around to doing the right thing. And I think that's what we do, right? I'll get around. I plan. We all have good intentions. I will do those good things. But we're living our life like we're that tall candle. But we're the small one that's quickly burning out. What is your life for you are a puff of smoke that appears for a little while and then vanishes away? So with that short time that we're on this earth, what, 80, 90, 100 years we're going to live in this life compared to eternity? He says, God says, here's your candle. You're going to live in this life for this long. Use it to my glory. And a lot of times we're just shining the light on ourselves and saying, everybody look at me. But really what we need to be doing is helping others to shine so that they will not be left alone in the darkness. From beginning to end, from the moment your candle is lit to the last puff of smoke that leaves it, we need to spend it serving God. Think about our Lord Jesus. In his last moment on earth, prior to, of course, the resurrection, what was he doing? He was on the cross, dying for all of our sins, and even there, telling the thief on the cross next to him, today you'll be with me in paradise making sure his mother was taken care of, telling God, forgive them for they know not what they do. His whole existence was about serving God and serving others. 
and he left that example for us too. So my question then for all of us is, how are we going to live our life right now? And how are we going to live our life toward the end when we know our light is about to go out? You know, these candles here, apparently they don't last really long. This big one here, oh, it's got some extra time left. But this one right here, I mean, it could probably last one more sermon, and it's going to go out. You know, a lot of times we live like we have 30 years left or 60 years left or whatever. What if we had 30 minutes left to live? I asked the teen class that this morning. I asked, hey, what would you do if you had 30 minutes left to live? That's how urgent it is right now that we follow God and that we love our neighbor. That's how urgent it is to make sure that we transfer that flame to other people before ours goes out. There's an invitation song that was selected. I asked Steve to come up to the mic right now to lead it. If anybody has a need, I'll be up front for about a verse or so, but talk to someone afterwards as well, too, if there's any way that we can help you. Why don't you come as we stand and as we sing. Thanks again for listening to West Visalia Audio. We hope these messages have helped you grow and inspired you to take action. Be sure to check in each week for more on-the-go content or visit our YouTube channel to watch the live video. Thanks for participating and God bless.